You are listening to a Bible-based message from River Rock Church in Belle Plaine, Minnesota. We invite you to join us Sundays at 10 a.m. We also encourage you to visit riverrockchurch.com for more information and resources. Now here is today's encouraging message from Pastor Chris Tyen. Hi, this is Pastor Chris Tyen from River Rock Church in Belle Plaine. And I wanted to share with you on this last weekend in March, ways to be encouraged and ways that uh, you should be thinking as uh, we are going through this uh, crisis, this uh, coronavirus pandemic uh, crisis. So um, our lives have been disrupted and uh, we are stuck at home. at least many of us are stuck at home. Uh, there's a fear of getting sick, getting the virus. Uh, some people get really sick. Some people say it's like a cold or a bad flu and they recover. There's no cure. Um, <clears throat> there are, they're constantly finding out more about it. Uh, there's charts or uh, graphics online that show you how many people have it, how many people have recovered, how many people are dying, and the numbers just go up all the time. And so we're, we're struggling with that uh, fear of sickness and financial ruin. Many people have lost their jobs, been laid off, uh, businesses are closed. Uh, when you close a business for so long, how are they supposed to stay alive? The government is offering some form of uh, payment or subsidy for a period, but then what do you do after that? So um, uh, because the future looks hopeless to many, and we really need to be thinking about what can we do to be brokers of hope, promoters of hope, to help people find hope in Jesus, hope in salvation, uh, suicides are uh, projected to increase. And um, don't take your life over this. Uh, trusting God means that you don't take your life. Uh, you pray about it, you endure, you wait through it, you talk to people. But uh, so many times when life seems so hopeless, God can come through. It's not worth taking your life. On our website at riverrockchurch.com, there is a list of resources, a page dedicated to suicide prevention resources for anybody that uh, might know somebody that's going through that or if you wanted to read up on it on your own. And many wonder what the world will look like when this is all over. Will we be able to get back to life as we enjoyed it before? Or will we always have to stay six feet away from people? Will we uh, be able to have church and groups of people gather? Or is this like a new normal reality? It seems really lonely. Um, I've been really busy trying to learn how to uh, use this video stuff and changing up the website doing all sorts of stuff. So I haven't had that experience of running out of programs to binge watch, uh, but I know that some people are complaining and uh, you really wanna use your time wisely. This is actually a great time to be growing in the Lord, a great time to get closer to the Lord, uh, to be praying for people, be praying for yourself, praying for resources, uh, praying for a cure. We are all praying for a cure. I'm praying for a cure that it's something we already have on the shelf, something that's already been tested. Uh, Take these couple drugs together and then it uh, not only does it uh, take care of your symptoms, but it makes you so you can't get it anymore. And it would be great if there would be some way to get immunity to this. So uh, we don't need to go through life afraid of this little microorganism we can't see following us home from whoever had it and sticking around on our countertops for three days or however long it lasts. So we are all praying for a cure. Um, Keep praying for a cure and be a broker of hope. So two weeks of a stay-at-home order, uh, it's not like house arrest. We can go out of the house to exercise. Um, It appears that it's a pretty loose order. I guess uh, like 75% of the workers are considered essential or find some way to get out. Uh, Kids are stuck at home. Kids can't go to school. Um, The digital learning or distance learning thing, I I think it starts uh, this coming week. But uh, so the kids are out of school. 
parents might be going crazy. Uh, pray for all the parents. But it uh, seems like many people get to go to work in this. So you can go to the store, you can go to the doctor, you can go outdoor to exercise. I, I like to ride my bicycle sometimes and I was glad to see that bike shops and bike repair people are considered essential uh, to uh, the survival of humanity. So that's good in case I need my bike fixed, at least there's that. But um, support your local restaurants if you can, if you can afford it by going out uh, and picking stuff up on the curbside and uh, supporting them. Pastors are allowed to move around as long as if they're pulled over, they say uh, something like, uh, me and the Lord, we've got an understanding. We're on a mission from God. We've got a full tank of gas. It's dark and we're wearing sunglasses. Oh, wait, wait, that's the Blues Brothers. Uh, no. Um, so all we have to do is say that we're, we're pastors uh, and that we're uh, doing God's work. So anyway, it says that uh, ministers are considered essential as long as they're uh, careful doing their pastoral duties. Um, and one of those is to go to a church building to make a video of a church service. Uh, that's a big thing. We're all doing it right now. I've spent a lot of my week uh, talking to other pastors and reading stuff to learn how to do this better. And um, even bought a different microphone. So hopefully the sounds better and some other stuff. Uh, they said that we might be doing this for eight weeks. So did it last week, uh, today. And uh, so yeah, six more weeks of this. Um, I have to say that Camera makes me nervous. I'd much rather uh, be recorded just doing stuff as opposed to uh, doing a recording um, and knowing that's the primary way that it's that it's going to be seen. You know, when you're in church, you're pretty much a captive audience because you're sitting there and you'd be embarrassed to get up and walk out. Um, but uh, on this, uh, if you're watching this on YouTube, there's probably a whole bunch of links on the on the right hand side. You're like, oh, that looks pretty interesting. I think I'll watch that instead. And you could tune out me uh, in a heartbeat. So um, hopefully you won't do that. Hopefully you'll stick around with me. But um, I did record my sermon five times last week before I got it right. And uh, so <clears throat> I'm learning. Uh, one of the things I'm trying to learn the most is where in the world am I supposed to be looking at on this camera? So um, uh, anyway, churches need to be careful. That's why we're not having any programs. We're not meeting in any way. Uh, we had a prayer meeting by Skype. We um, have our groups, small groups, life groups, are meeting by uh, video services. There's a lot of different ones. Uh, I think that uh, Zoom and um, Skype and uh, Facebook, uh, those are some of the ones they're using. So um, you can plug in that way. But I read about a church. I don't think they did it on purpose, but they had a big kids ministry event and um, the leaders and like, I think 30, 30 people, maybe kids, 30, 30 of them all got the uh, COVID-19 virus. And um, so uh, the vice does not, the, the, the virus does not discriminate uh, between Christians and non-Christians or pastors or whatever, I would like to think that God would protect us and uh, give us divine health so we could serve him. Um, and I'm praying for that. But on the other hand, uh, we don't want as a church to expose people to anything that would cause them harm. So uh, stay with us, stay plugged into our, our videos, website. Uh, we want to do everything we can to help you grow, but we are not allowed by mandate to meet with you right now. And we are concerned about your safety and health more than anything. On our website, uh, <clears throat> there's some uh, resources for the COVID-19 stuff. We've uh, been looking around at other churches and other ministries to find uh, children's ministry resources. And I think we've got like eight or nine different uh, uh, resources out there, crafts, things to read, video services. We have Life uh, Right Now Media too. But uh, so we've got all this stuff. I've got some resources for adults too. 
that's on our website. Uh, if you go to the riverrockchurch.com and look off on the right-hand side there, uh, you'll see uh, links to the resources. We've also got a Spotify slash Google music playlist that goes for like two or three hours of encouraging Christian songs. Um, also on our website, you'll find uh, uh, Church at Home links where we've listed this video and how you can watch it on Facebook, YouTube. Uh, you can download it from our personal site, riverrockchurch.com watch. And as you're watching it, um, there's uh, other links on the bottom that uh, give you some resources uh, to, in case you're doing church at home and you want to do more. Uh, we also uh, put links to uh, another church's children's ministry, where I think it's like hour-long videos of uh, church uh, stuff for kids. So we want to do everything we can to help you grow and to, to become disciples and stuff. But uh, let me just share some things that God has put on my heart uh, with this whole um um, situation that we're in. I know that many people um, just wonder, you know, where is God in all this? And so number one, uh, I want you to know that God uses problems and trials to make us stronger, that God uses problems and trials to make us stronger. You know, when we are exercising, I sure miss going to the fitness center, so it's closed, and I really wish I had my own set of heavy battle ropes because I really like those. But um, anyway, um, resistance uh, makes us stronger. So uh, there's lots of uh, uh, workout at home resources you can do too. But um, you want to exercise so you stay healthy and you stay strong. And God uses difficulties and troubles in our life to make us stronger. When we've overcome those troubles and struggles, then uh, when new troubles and struggles come, we're often prepared and equipped and enabled to uh, be successful in um, uh, being victorious over those things. So in Romans 5, Romans 5, uh, started at verse 1, it says, Therefore, since we have been made right in God's sight by faith, we have peace with God because of what Jesus Christ our Lord has done for us. Because of our faith, Christ has brought us into this place of undeserved privilege where we now stand, and we confidently and joyfully look forward to sharing God's glory. Verse 4, and endurance develops strength of character, and character strengthens our confident hope of salvation. And this hope will not lead to disappointment, for we know how dearly God loves us, because He has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with His love. God is using difficulty to accomplish His purposes. God is using difficulty so that He will be glorified through the works that we do and through the faith that we place in Him. Um, your opportunity to uh, live out what God uh, wants you to do is right now. So maybe uh, all those Bible studies you went to, all that time you spent in church, all that time you spent uh, watching those Christian videos and uh, reading scripture, memorizing those verses, are to be used now. Maybe God has been preparing you to bring hope to your neighbors and to your friends. And what's weird is that you're not supposed to go to their house and hang out with them. But uh, you can text them, call them, video chat them, send them a note, um, talk to them across the sidewalk from six feet away or, or whatever. But um, this is a great opportunity for the church to shine. This is a great opportunity for us to trust to remember that endurance develops strength of character and character strengthens our confident hope of salvation. That means that we're not just concerned about this life only. We're not just thinking about, oh, I'm so afraid to die in this life. Instead, we're thinking about, 
uh, the Lord and uh, someday we'll go to be with him in his presence and that would be a great thing but we want to be faithful we want to be faithful to serve the Lord while we're here on earth we want to take good care of our families we want to uh, stay connected to our friends um, but anyway so we are uh, living uh, with an eternal perspective an eternal perspective sometimes I talk too fast but anyway um, what is the purpose of life anyway I mean the purpose of life is not to go to work so that you can earn a paycheck so you can pay your bills and buy transportation to get you to work so that you can make some money to pay your bills and pay for your transportation to get to work and go through that never-ending cycle uh, the purpose of life is to glorify god the purpose of life is to uh, know God fully and um, to accomplish his purposes here there's eternal reward for that uh, the purpose in life is to love God and to love others so pray about that and think about what you can do you know Hebrews chapter 11 talks about the heroes of the faith and as I was thinking about it the heroes of the faith all had like difficulty in their in their lives I mean, Moses was face to face with God and Abraham was a friend of God and David was a man after God's own heart. And so these people are like the people that are the tightest with God and um, they're accomplishing God's purposes and carrying out God's will and their lives weren't easy. They went through a lot of difficulties and struggle and uh, all, of them, all of them were known for uh, having to be patient because God takes a while to work out his plan. I mean, think about Moses. All right, so Moses spent 40 years, pretty much. Um, uh, he was the king's adopted grandson, though he rejected that. But that first 40 years, he was kind of hanging out at the palace there, Pharaoh's palace. And um, so he had all these opportunities and all these privileges, but he was rejecting that. And then he killed somebody and he thought he was doing something right. He thought he was like righteously protecting someone, but it turned against him. So he ran off into the wilderness and uh, he was tending sheep, hiding away, uh, a murderer on the run uh, for about 40 years. And then God showed up in a burning bush. Nonetheless, God showed up and um, told Moses that he wanted him to uh, rescue the people uh, from slavery and uh, to lead the people so then uh, so Moses spent 40 years as Pharaoh's grandson kind of sort of in that area and that um, yeah that uh, he spent 40 years as a murderer on the run tending sheep and 40 years uh, serving God uh, serving the people and um, so because the people weren't faithful God said, well, this generation doesn't get to go to the promised land. So you all have to die out first before you get to the promised land. Only Caleb and Joshua were faithful enough. Joshua was Moses' assistant. But uh, you know that story. Um, God sent spies into the land and two of them, Caleb and Joshua, came back and said, we can do it. And the rest of them said, no, they're mighty. They're too big. We can't do it. And God did not honor their faithlessness. And Moses suffered for that. So basically, Moses led them around in circles in the wilderness for 40 years. Um, and then Joshua got to take them into the promised land. But, um, you know, that's a difficult life, especially leading those people around. On the other hand, Moses spent a lot of time with God. Moses was in tight with God. And um, even when you're going through a lot of difficulty, even when it feels like you're going in circles, even when it feels like you're suffering for someone else's choices, um, when you're tight with God, it changes your perspective. It makes life worth living. 
So uh, maybe your family situation isn't the greatest, your work situation, your living situation, whatever. Um, I'd really encourage you to pursue the Lord and to work on your relationship with, with him. And uh, as you're uh, in that relationship, maybe God will change things or maybe he'll just help you to be more content. But um, anyway, Moses wasn't perfect, but God seemed to spend a lot of time with him. And that's pretty awesome. You know, another one that I think about of a hero of the faith is David. So, um, you know, David as a kid killed Goliath. Uh, and then he was anointed to be king to replace Saul because Saul wasn't working out. But it wasn't just like, uh, they're like, okay, David, you get to be king. And then they impeached Saul and kicked him out and said, Paul, uh, and said Saul hung around for a really long time. And uh, Saul had a really bad attitude. It, basically, he was crazy. And uh, so David had to endure all that. And if you read about David, he's constantly on the run. He's, what a mess. On the other hand, maybe God used all that difficulty to prepare David to make him the king he needed to be. Maybe it did build his character and his endurance. Maybe God used that. So, um, you know, David made some mistakes. And David did um, some sinful stuff, too. But um, David also wrote a majority, like a lot of the Psalms. So I think a majority of the Psalms, uh, prayers and songs to the Lord, a man after God's own heart. Um, David uh, really wanted to build the temple for the Lord. And um, he wasn't allowed to because God said, you know, you've been a man of war. Um, so instead his son Solomon got to build it. But David didn't say, well, if I can't build it, then just forget it. Instead, David looked forward and he said, well, um, if Solomon's going to build it, I'm going to accumulate these building supplies to help make it happen. And so if you read the life of, about the life of David, you'll see that he was all on fire for God. And then he fell and he tried to cover it up for a while. But then he repented. That's Psalm 51. I think it's Psalm 32 and Psalm 51. He repented and came back to the Lord. And um, his household was messed up as a result of his sin. So sin has a cost. Uh, just because we ask to be forgiven sometimes doesn't mean that God releases us from the consequences of our mistakes. Sometimes he does. But anyway, so we have David. So just think about that and how God can use these difficulties for good. All right, so number two, um, if you are... Uh, stuck in your house for two weeks, you could either like just sit around, watch TV, play video games, uh, and do nothing. Or you could grow closer to the Lord and spend more time in prayer. Um, maybe you could like get stuff more organized. Maybe you could plan the rest of your life or the, uh, not the rest of your life. Maybe you could plan the next parts of your life. Maybe you could strategize and think about, you know, if I had opportunities to do this or that. Maybe you could read biographies of Christians who went through some really hard times and you'd find that encouraging. Um, uh, George Mueller, uh, you read about him, uh, he had these orphanages that um, he didn't really have full funding for, but he prayed for God to provide and uh, God would show up. I, th I think it was Hudson Taylor's spiritual secret that um, he also was lacking financial resources and praying about it, and God would show up in an amazing way. But think about this, okay? Number two, God wants us to use our time wisely. So Ephesians 5.15 says, Be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity, because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. There's so many resources to help you grow in Christ. That Right Now Media service that we have, those videos, they're really helpful. Uh, go to riverrockchurch.com, I think it's slash right now, and uh, see how to sign up for that. 
But, um, you know, be careful what you do with your time. Be careful uh, in the way that you live. Don't waste this away. You know, actually, the fact that you might be out of work and the government's going to send you a check and they're going to increase your unemployment for a period of time, um, this might be the vacation that, well, actually, it's not really the vacation that you needed because you can't go anywhere. But this might be the rest that you needed. This might be the time that you need to uh, get stuff caught up, to get more organized, to disciple your kids, um, to write some letters or uh, do people still do that, write letters? Uh, send emails, contact people. Uh, there are so many things that you can do with this time. So maybe you should each morning, like have a plan of what you're gonna do with your day. Um, get up in the morning and uh, like have a schedule. So again, don't watch it, don't waste it, sitting on the couch watching TV, unless it's uh, church YouTube videos or uh, Facebook videos like this one, and that's a good use of your time. Uh, Romans 12, 11 and 12, never be lazy, but work hard and serve the Lord enthusiastically. Rejoice in our confident hope, be patient in trouble and keep on praying. So that's something you could do with your day. Uh, that is a good use of your time. So never be lazy, but work hard and serve the Lord enthusiastically. Uh, eventually, you, you won't be as tired. Eventually, you'll get caught up on your sleep and you'll be looking for something to do. So instead of like doing silly crafts or uh, things like that, um, think about serving the Lord enthusiastically and how can you do that? So when I think about somebody that was using his time wisely, I think about Joseph. Uh, Joseph in the Old Testament was, um, as a teenager, he had a dream that uh, others would bow down to him. And um, his parents thought it was interesting. And his brothers thought that is not okay. So they didn't like him and decided that they were going to get rid of him. So they decided instead of killing him, to sell him into slavery. And so the uh, slave traders uh, sold him to this guy Potiphar, this high-ranking Egyptian official. And so Joseph was stuck in this guy's house. And what did he do? Did he, did he pout? Did he have a bad attitude? Did he refuse to work? No, it appears that he did everything that he could to be faithful in the position that he was given. A matter of fact, Potiphar trusted him with everything. Um, everything was going pretty good for him until Potiphar's wife tried to seduce him, and uh, then she falsely accused him, and then Joseph ends up in jail. Joseph could have said, God, where are you? How could you let this happen to me? Um, I was doing everything right, and now look at this. He could have had a bad attitude and refused to do anything in jail, but instead he was faithful in jail, and he used his time wisely, and pretty soon the jailer put him in charge of everything. He was in jail, and uh, eventually um, he ended up being cellmates or being around um, the king's baker and the uh, king's cupbearer. So um, they had dreams, and Joseph interpreted those dreams. And so, um, spoiler alert, the uh, baker, he didn't make it. He didn't live. But the cupbearer was put back into service, and then Joseph is like, hey, don't forget about me. Tell somebody to get me out of here. And the uh, cupbearer forgot about him. But then uh, when Pharaoh had a dream and he couldn't figure out what it was, uh, what he was seeing, what, what it was, he's like, somebody interpret this for me. And then the cupbearer is like, hey, I know a guy. I met him in prison. Uh, we spent time together. 
And so anyway, so they bring Joseph out of prison, they clean him up, uh, Joseph interprets the dream, and then um, Pharaoh's like, hey, where do we get anybody as wise as this guy? Let's put him in charge of everything. Let's make him second in command, and pretty soon that dream that Joseph had when he was a kid, that his parents said, oh, that's interesting, son. And his brothers said, ah, oh, that's never going to happen in my lifetime. If I can help it, we're going to get rid of you. You're kind of annoying. And you got a special robe, and that wasn't fair. So anyway, um, turned out that it was true. And so it appears that Joseph used his time wisely. Uh, it appears that God was using uh, Joseph in, a, in an amazing way, but maybe he needed to go through those hardships and experiences to become the man of God, the man that God was going to use in that time, at that period, to rescue all those people from famine. It could be that if you're praying for stuff and it's not coming, maybe God's working on you. You know, if you're praying for, uh, for God to provide a husband or a wife, um, maybe God's working on it, but he's working on you so that you can become the man of God or woman of God that you need to be so that when he brings that other person into your life, you're ready to be matched. Maybe you are not spiritually mature enough for the person that God wants to bring in your life. Maybe he's working on it. Maybe you need to be patient and wait on the Lord. Another one I think about is Noah. So Noah, um, God told him he was going to send a flood. He told He's like, these people need to repent of their sin or I'm going to send a flood. Uh, you need to build a boat. So God gave Noah a do-it-yourself uh, cargo ship building plan. And Noah set off to uh, building it. And while he's uh, building it, he's also preaching to the people that they need to repent. And they didn't listen. But um, anyway, so Noah, uh, the man in God's plan, builds the boat. All the animals show up. That would be cool. Um, but then he gets quarantined in the boat with his family and like a pair of every animal you could think of, which I can't imagine the smell or how annoying that would be. I mean, some animals are fun and some are annoying. Like, can you imagine if the monkeys kept running around? Uh, anyway, I'm pretty sure that God made it so that they all caught along on the ark somehow. But nonetheless, so he's on the ark and it's raining. It rains and it pours and it was it 40 days? God really likes 40 days. But anyway, and then, uh, so Noah's waiting. And that's not the end of the wait. Then he's waiting forever th for the water to recede so that they can find dry land. And he's waiting and he's waiting. And finally, uh, they can get off the boat. And now he's got to like rebuild the world and repopulate the world because it's just he and his family and everybody else is gone. And uh, man, so if you think you have troubles... Just think of that. Now, that'd be really weird if this pandemic wiped out everybody but you and your family and a bunch of animals, and then you had to repopulate the world. So um, don't watch movies like that. They put bad ideas into your head. God said he wasn't going to destroy the world uh, by a flood. So uh, there's that. Um, however, uh, he does use fire towards the end times when he uh, in the final judgments. But anyway, let me keep going on with this because I'm going to run out of time. It's really funny that I do these videos and I think about what am I going to say? I'm not going to fill the time. And then I look at the time on the camera and I'm like, geez, I'm not going to have enough time to finish what I'm saying. All right. Which brings me to a good point. Number three, God is not in a hurry. So we're often in a hurry. We've got to have our time plan. We've got to have everything according to uh, our schedule. God doesn't work that way. Second Peter 3, 8. But do not forget this one thing, dear friends. 
With the Lord, a day is like a thousand years, and a thousand years are like a day. The Lord is not slow in keeping his promise, of some understand slowness. Instead, he is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. You know, God is way more concerned that lost people get saved. God is way more concerned about um, having new people uh, come into a personal relationship with him than he is with your calendar and with your life plan and with your schedule. And um, when it comes to uh, what we're doing on the earth, uh, what we're doing as people, God is way more concerned about our spiritual condition and the fact that uh, we honor, worship, and serve and praise him than he is uh, with our stock market, with our comfort, uh, with our uh, gross national product, with our trade deficit, uh, all that stuff. So God is not in a hurry. You know, when I think about that in Hebrews chapter 11, I think about Abraham and Sarah. I mean, God called Abraham to leave this well-developed city. Life was pretty comfortable in Ur of the Chaldees uh, to become the first of God's chosen people who would live in a promised land, uh, live in the promised land. And uh, God repeatedly promised to give him a son to be his heir. But uh, Abraham spent most of his time moving around in tents. It's not like he uh, just got to, you know, jet over to the promised land and build himself a mansion and be comfortable. But uh, as he was uh, moving around, he always seemed to uh, find time to worship the Lord and uh, to build altars. And he was basically patient. But as time went on, they got, he and his wife got tired of waiting for a son. So Sarah's like, hey, why don't you uh, have a son with my maidservant and he can be our son. And uh, that's will probably be that. I mean, God's not showing up in that way. So we'll just take matters into our own hands. So he did, and that didn't work out very well. So, uh, yeah, but God kept promising him a son. And in his very, very old age, Isaac shows up, and Abraham and Sarah uh, get to have this kid whose name is basically means laughter, uh, a great, delightful child. And uh, anyway, so, uh, but as you remember, uh, there was a time when God tested Abraham. It's like, Abraham, I know you really like this son of yours. I know you really love Isaac. So uh, bring him up the mountain. Bring him up to the mountain and sacrifice him. Uh, Abraham's like, what? Okay, Lord. So, but if you're reading the Bible, it says that Abraham had faith that God was going to bring him back from the dead. He had total faith that, uh, wait, this is my error. Uh, so I don't know what you're up to. I'm going to be faithful to do whatever you say, but I just have total trust that you're going to make things right. Uh, even if it doesn't make sense, I'm just going to trust. I have full confidence in you, Lord. And so Abraham had enough faith that when uh, it was revealed by men of God, uh, by God basically, that um, Sodom was going to be destroyed, uh, Abraham uh, tried to like bargain. All right, number four, God is still working on us. God is still working on me. God is still working on you. Romans 8.26, in the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. And he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance with the will of God. And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. For those God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. 
I just love that verse. I love the fact that it says, we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him and who have been called according to his purpose. So we know that as believers in Jesus, that God loves us because God so loved the world that he sent his one and only son that whosoever believes in him would not perish but have eternal life. And uh, the Bible makes it clear that God loves us enough to make sure that uh, we can have a relationship with him. God loves us enough to show us how to live and to send his Holy Spirit. God loves us enough to promise us eternity and heaven. God loves us enough to guide and provide and direct in this life and uh, give us a great future in the next. So somehow this situation that we're going through as believers, this difficult time that we're going through, if we believe this verse, it says that God's working all things for good. So somehow, if you got laid off, there could be good in that. If you wonder about your future, think about what good could come of it. God is working all things together for the good of those who love him. Those who have been called according to his purpose, God is working on us. So um, when I look at the future, and think about how frightening it is. I mean, I'm the pastor of a church, but are we going to be able to do church in the future if we have a virus like this that spreads easy and makes people sick? I mean, what does that even look like? But when I look at the future, I see that it's frightening. But then I remember God's faithfulness to me in the past. Let me just share one thing uh, as a testimony to God's faithfulness in the past. And uh, yeah, we'll probably be done. I don't know. Uh, Anyway, don't tune me out yet. Give me a little more time. Uh, don't touch that channel. Don't touch the mouse or touchpad or screen. Don't touch anything. All right, so um, I first received Jesus as Lord and Savior when I was in high school. A little after that, I totally dedicated my life to the Lord and I prayed, um, I wanna do your will. However you wanna use me, I wanna serve you. And then I felt like God called me to uh, full-time ministry. Uh, it was weird because I was praying about what to do with my life. And it's like, I thought about auto repair and auto body and forestry. Uh, I never really got into computers. I use computers all the time now, but I never actually touched a computer until I was way out of school. But nonetheless, um, I went to a Bible college, a strict Bible college, actually two of them, uh, over a year. Uh, the last school I went to was really strict. And then I rebelled against God for like six months. Uh, repented, came back to the Lord. I realized there wasn't any better way to live than uh, following Jesus. Uh, then I prayed for a wife and she showed up quickly and we got married and had some kids. And um, it was hard for me to get back to Bible college because of the money and I had to provide for my new young family. But uh, um, I was working construction and uh, learning new skills and things like that as a construction laborer. Got to do a lot of destruction. That's always fun to take sledgehammers and sawzalls and tear houses apart, like that kind of stuff. But um, anyway, uh, my new bride worked as a receptionist at a big stockbroker's office and uh, things are going along pretty good, enjoying life. And uh, Soon after we were married, we thought it'd be fun to have a family and God blessed us with a baby on the way quickly. And uh, that was going pretty good. So my wife was working and I was working and there was a baby on the way and we moved to a different apartment with two bedrooms and things were going good. 
But then my wife started to have um, premature labor and ended up on bed rest. And then she wasn't able to work at that job. And she was the one that had the insurance. So then we couldn't afford the insurance that would be offered if the Cobra insurance or whatever. So um, we waited and prayed and tried to figure out how to get insurance. And I had tried to buy this name brand health insurance on my own. And they're like, no, sorry, you can't have that because she has a pre-existing condition. And uh, I'm like, oh, that's not good. And these two Christian guys I did construction work for, uh, they're like, um, so we don't think that one, work has slowed down, and two, you need to find a job somewhere else because we can't afford to pay you what you need to be paid to provide for a family. So we can't, in good conscience, have you work in here and not pay you a lot to provide for your family. So you need to find a job somewhere else. So then I was out of a job and she was out of a job and we were out of insurance and everything was falling apart and I was praying and praying about it and I applied for a job and um, <clears throat> I got shot to the, the top of the class or the head of the, the stack for the resumes because uh, they were looking for somebody that had a certain form of experience that I did and uh, so they called me in I don't think I was unemployed for even a day they called me in and the manager said why should I hire you and I'm like well because um, I'm married and I have a baby on the way and I'm a hard worker and then he looks at me and he says, can you play softball? And I'm like, sure. He said, you're hired. So, so I got the job working in a shipping department at this company and they got me on their health insurance right away. The health insurance that I tried to buy that I couldn't get on my own, um, they got me on that health or got us with a pre-existing condition, got us on the health insurance. So when it was time for our daughter to be born, um, we went from having no insurance to having like really awesome, wonderful insurance. So we paid $15 for our daughter to be born um, at the hospital because we had a private room. Otherwise, it would have been free and God provided in that way. But another thing that he provided at that job that I wouldn't have gotten if I had hadn't gotten let go uh, because, you know, I like working construction. Um, was um, I would have learned all the things that I learned. So I was in, I started in the shipping department and I learned organizational skills and then I was good with customers. So I went to customer service and I learned people skills. And then um, I was good at selling stuff. So I moved to customer service and sales and then sales, I learned evangelism skills. And then eventually somehow I found my way into the marketing department. And uh, while I was there, I learned promotional and computer skills. And um, I just look back, it's like an eight year wilderness experience, kind of like Moses had a wilderness experience. Moses' life was weird. The first 40 years he was like in the palace, the next 40 years he's hiding out in the wilderness, and the next 40 years um, he is serving God, fulfilling his purpose, leading God's people. And I think that there are seasons in our, seasons in our life where God is using us. So um, um, while I was working in that job, I also volunteered in uh, big churches and little churches. Uh, I was a volunteer youth pastor. Uh, as a volunteer, I helped uh, get a, a church plant off the ground that would become a big um, influential mega church. So um, anyway, if you haven't gone through those experiences, um, it's hard for you to have faith in the future. But if you can look back on the experiences that you've, ha you've had and seeing how God uh, turns tragedy into triumph, to see how God can use difficulty, to see how God can help you in every way, it should help you to be patient. So you might, if you're in Minnesota here, you're going to be stuck in your house for two weeks. Uh, social isolation and everything else, that's a really long time. But number five, God's people are patient. God's people are patient. Uh, Colossians 3.12. 
Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, and humility, gentleness, and patience. Uh, in Ephesians 4, 2, be completely humble and gentle, be patient, bearing with one another in love. So we're told to be patient. We're told that God's people are patient. Uh, patience is a fruit of the Spirit. So um, as we are uh, isolated, as we are uh, stuck at home in this unprecedented time, let us be faithful and let us be patient. So when you think about the faith heroes, which one do you, do you identify with the most? When you think about uh, God's faithfulness in your life. Um, if you're with anybody today or um, you're chatting or whatever you're doing, maybe you could share some of those experiences where God has been faithful to you in an amazing way. And at the time you thought, oh, everything's falling apart. My world is coming to an end. And then you look back and you're like, oh no, God showed up and this is how he fixed it. This is what God did. And it was amazing. So why don't you glorify him in that? So um, with that, I'm going to pray. So it's funny to me that I started out with what in the world am I going to say? And now I'm like, ooh, I think I've gone way over time. But Lord Jesus, I thank you so much that you give us technology. And I pray that this video could be used to encourage somebody. I pray that if there's anybody out there that doesn't know you as their Lord and Savior, that they would realize that you died on the cross for our sins and rose again. And that repenting is realizing that we are... Uh, turned away from you. We are running away from you. Repenting is uh, uh, wanting to turn the other direction, uh, uh, change of heart leading to a change of action. Uh, Lord, I pray that uh, you would help us to turn to you, to follow you, to believe upon you, uh, even ask you to save us and come into our lives. Uh, you can do that through prayer by praying something like, Lord Jesus, I realize I'm a sinner and outside of your will, and I want to follow you. Lord, please Forgive me of my sin and come into my life and save me. Make me the person you created me to be. I want to follow you. And if you've done that, let us know so we can send you resources. And if we can't send it, uh, we'll give you links to resources to help you grow in your Christian faith. So again, I hope that uh, this time has been helpful and that you will find ways to uh, turn this, uh, this difficulty, uh, this pandemic, this mess uh, into ministry into a testimony. You've been listening to a message from River Rock Church. River Rock Church exists to help people of all ages connect to Christ and live well lives. W stands for worshiping, E for encouraging, L for learning, and L for loving. God wants you to be well. Visit riverrockchurch.com for our latest news and to access resources to help you and the people you care about live well lives.